Hello and good day. This is Dr. Rob Streisfeld, Doc Rob, your concierge to better living here at CannabisRadio.com, all over the airwaves. Thanks for tuning in for this another episode of our podcast that's been going on for over six and a half years. And as always, I appreciate everyone tuning in, sharing, liking, and of course, uh, the people that make this happen, my producers, the team at Cannabis Radio, and of course, all the wonderful guests that we get to have that share content, information, education, and ways to live a better life. And that's what we're going to do today as always, and I'm really excited to have this conversation. We're going to dive in a little bit in regards to uh, you know cannabis in the brain, because you know that's it definitely has an impact there. We have receptors there, and there's a lot of... Uh, information, misinformation, new information. So it is my pleasure to have today Dr. Rebecca Siegel, um, psychiatrist and uh, author of the cannabis, the brain on cannabis. Uh, we're going to dive into this a little bit today. And uh, hey, Doc, thanks for joining us. It's great to have you on the show. Thank you, Dr. Rob, for having me. Well, you know, it's great to have this information, I mean, especially from a mental health and, uh, you know, that approach is really key. I mean, we talked about pain and sleep, but mental health when it comes to cannabis is really an important area. Um, to be very exact, I want to say the, the brain on cannabis, what you should know about recreational and medical marijuana is the title of your book. And you have a forward by Dr. Amen, which is a, a well-known brain health specialist. So it's really nice to have that kind of support. How did you get, I mean, obviously as a you know, psychiatrist and you know, getting involved in that field in general, but what, what led you into the the world of cannabis, if you don't mind sharing. Oh, well, it's a great story, and I'm proud to share it, actually. Um, so I, uh, I'm a practicing psychiatrist for about almost 20 years, and, you know, I um, was visited one day by a patient of mine who um, she said to me, I no longer need you to prescribe me my medication for insomnia. Um, and when you said, in, like, chronic pain and insomnia, which that, you know, very much impact your mental health, right? Sure. So these types of, of, you know, real, you know, terrible problems that, that impact many, many people. So she, when she said to me, well, I don't need the medication you prescribe for me anymore. And I said, what did you do? <laughs> she said, well, she pulled out actually a photo of a chocolate bar that she'd gotten in Denver. And it was, you know, um, recreational or adult use legal in Denver. And that was in 2018. And she said, well, I can't bring it across state lines. And, you know, we're here in New York. Um, you know, it's changed my life. Can you help me? And I honestly, I didn't really understand what she meant. What she meant, you know, we knew it was medically legal in New York uh, right. at that point. And she said, you know, is this something you can do for me? Can you prescribe it? How do I go about it? I said, you know, I'll, I'll try and find out for you. And so that was sort of the start that I sort of wanted to, I didn't know anything about it. I was a product of the 80s, you know, the brain on drugs and, you know, the frying, the egg in the frying pan, um, you know, and so, but it, it got, it captured my curiosity. And honestly, because insomnia and, you know, medications people use for insomnia, are really, you know, really strong. You can become dependent on them very quickly. So if there was another option, right, I, I wanted to look into it. So four hours later, after, you know, deep diving into what I would say was the New York State Department of Health, you know, cannabis, medical cannabis program at that point, I was certified to prescribe medical cannabis or certified people for it. But I didn't feel like I knew enough. You had to take like a four-hour course. You had to have an active DEA and a medical license. 
and I was good to go. But I didn't feel like I was good to go. I didn't know anything. <laughs> Respect on that one. You know, it's good to be humble <laughs> when you're not, you know, 100 percent on. Totally humble. I I thought, wow. Well, it's almost like I, you know, you graduate with a medical degree, but yet you have to go through residency and fellowship. You have to learn what to do. You have to understand it. And actually, that's what that was sort of my thought was. I'm going to educate myself. Right. So that I can try and do this for people. So, you know, I started reading, I started going to conferences. I, you know, I started actually having like, I, you know, got, I let the, you know, the, the word out that I was actually, you know, doing this for patients. And so that's how it started. Um, awesome. And then, like you said, with Daniel Amen, I actually, it was a very fortuitous thing. I actually started working at Amen Clinic just around that time. And so, um, and I came from a my one of my first medical cannabis conferences at UCLA in 2018, and I heard from all different kinds of like incredible scientists and um, you know Dr. Raphael Mishulam in in, um, in Israel who had done some of the original research, you know, and and um, I thought, wow, this is the book about this because there's so much out there, there's so much misinformation, misinformation. You know, people are asking me about it. I'm educating myself. You know, I want to educate others. So went to Daniel Amen, said I have an idea for a book. He, you know, <laughs> it wasn't that simple, but essentially about four years later, I have a book. Very cool. Yeah, and, 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 and as an author myself, it's not an easy. So again, you know, congrats on the accomplishment there. I wrote a book, I don't know, maybe came out about four or five years ago called The cannabis conundrum where I just started bringing up different perspectives of the industry and the challenges at that point. And now we're going to re- be doing a new version of it, you know, a few years later, because there's a whole other plethora of issues and concerns and misinformations and also new opportunities. So it's a good thing, not all negative, but it's, it's something that is always going to be updated and constantly needing to be reviewed. And, you know, that to me is where a lot of this comes into play is, you know, you said 2018 you went to a conference. I was lecturing in 2014 on cannabis, and most doctors weren't allowed to go to those conferences at that point because it wasn't acceptable. It wasn't, you know, and even as a doctor, you know, go back, even forget about cannabis, just talk about nutrition. You know, it wasn't even talked about, you know, or trained in school those back in the day. Now it um, has to be a focal point. So we're, we're learning, we're evolving, and, um, you know, even doctors that were so anti-cannabis are starting to come around to it's the potential- incredible. It's pretty amazing. Even I think Dr. Amen was is pretty anti for quite some time as a whole. And I think for a lot of it, he still held some negative perspectives on it. Um, and again, we're here to talk about that because there's pros and cons. There's different perspectives. Um, and, you know, that, that's really what this whole conversation is about to, to bring that to the table. So that's pretty cool. The cannabis ecosystem has exploded. And, you know, as more people, you know, become, uh, you know, aware of it, it, like that that's where I want, that's where I kind of hope to step in to educate people. You know, there are people who've been, you know, uh, using it as a, you know, uh, for w- in whatever form they may be using it for years and years and years. But then there are a lot of people who have been frightened away from it and who are hearing so much about it that it might be helpful for certain types of issues, medical problems, all kinds of things, you know, and that's the kind of population that I want to reach because they have really no education or awareness about it. And, and it's, it's a complicated thing. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I'm, it's funny cause I'm right now, I'm, I'm speaking with you uh, from central Florida uh, right near the villages, which is one of the most uh, headquarters of course, for elder care. And it's amazing. Um, you know, 
how many people who are so anti-cannabis just some few years ago are now, it's one of the most popular areas. They have different services, different educators, different dispensaries, delivery, doctors. I mean, it's a whole network now and it's come fast you know, circle, but you know, there's still a lot to learn. And even things like we talked, you, know, you mentioned earlier about the, uh, you know, Denver back in the day, having that adult use or recreational, I went there many years ago when the first when they first opened up their adult you know their, their medical program and uh, for mostly for pain treatments and most of the products were full of garbage full of artificial chemicals food dyes stuff that shouldn't be in medicine in the first place and then of course you know so this is something that you know it's everything from what's what the product that you're consuming i mean i know you're big on that as well i know you, you do some review on cbd we'll talk about that in a few minutes um but also delivery system so you know if people are smoking you know it's a lot different than a tincture or an edible or a, or a topical and that's what i've always put you know put forward is is form and function and then of course with mental health it's set and setting you know so we have to talk about all those things collectively for the individual's experience and then of course age I mean, that's a whole other thing. You know, you know, when are you consuming? Why are you consuming? How are you consuming? And I know that people are overwhelmed. And I really, again, it's great that you have this, you know, focus of education. That's what we, that's what we have you on the show. That's what we do here is we try to educate people about this plan and about the options from a medical standpoint, even those that are using it for adult use slash recreational may or may not realize there's a medical or wellness benefit to that process. So I don't dismiss it for anyone's needs. I just want people to understand the best way to use it for themselves in the safest way. And that as a doctor, and that should be our Absolutely. role, you know, do no harm, you know, Absolutely. that's an educator. You're right. Course. The, the, the fastest growing population of people interested in cannabis is the more elderly population. And they have, you know, their bodies are different. Their medical issues are different. They're, you know, they may take multiple medications for multiple medical problems. And you need to be aware of that. You need to know how these medications might interact with cannabis. It might, you also want to know, you don't want people, you know, older people getting dizzy and falling. You don't want people to um, impact, you know, their liver or impact their lungs, for sure, if you're vaping or smoking you know, I, uh, you know, the, the other very important issue is we also don't want to um, discount that, you know, our brains are growing and developing and maturing until you're in your mid-20s, right? So that other population is a also huge, fast-growing one with, and I have, teen, I have teenage, a teenager myself, I have 20-something than a teenager, um, and, you know, that population of, of kids, it, it's all over, and you definitely need to make sure that your kids are, you know, like aware that their brains are still developing and growing just like their bodies are. And you want to take care of your brain. You want to have it with you, you know, today, but you also want to have it with you. Like kids, kids live in the moment. They don't think even like tomorrow. They, they don't certainly don't think 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 or 60 years out. Right. And that's, that's so important. Right? And that's yes. where I am true to my, my Amen clinic roots. And we spoke about Daniel Amen, and he is all about, you know, brain and overall brain and body health and also using spec scans to see what, you know, where your what might be impacting your brain. And, you know, cannabis may impact the brain in various different ways in different age groups of people. 
Well, I want to get, dive into that a little bit more, especially the younger adults, because I've been seeing that a lot. I, I talk to a wide range of audiences, especially the younger kids. I'm a big advocate for better living. So we're going to take a quick break. I'm going to come back and we're going to dive into a little bit of that about the ages and the impacts on the brain, because this is obviously your area of expertise. And uh, I'm looking for more of that information. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back at this quick break. This is Doc Rob, your concierge for better living here at CannabisRadio.com. The concierge for better living will continue in a moment. All right, and we are back with Dr. Rebecca Siegel out of New York, psychiatrist and uh, author you know, of a great book on brain health and, and how cannabis interacts. And I wanted to dive into that because there's a couple of things. I'm not all you know, wonderful gravy and, and, and happiness here because I think there's a lot of misinformation and there's a lot of skewed information. You know, I am a big advocate of cannabis, but I am one of the first people you'll ever meet to tell people, unless it's medically necessary, I'd wait to consume, you know, especially a THC product to at least 18, if not into your 20s, as you were mentioning before the break, because we are still developing and our brain health is still is very important to us. And I've seen, I was like, oh, cannabis is safe, cannabis isn't addicting, blah, blah, blah. I've seen young kids in their teens dabbing and get to a point where they can't go 15 minutes without having to go get another dab. And while they say, oh, it's safe, it's planned, it's nothing major, that's a problem. If you can't have a conversation with someone or sit down at a table for an hour without them having to go get their machine or their rig and do a dab hit, there is an issue there. And we need to address that responsibly as, as doctors, as professionals, as society, as a parents. Because, you know, I, I'm a, like I said, but there's also been studies that say, um, you know, in certain cultures in Jamaica, like I said, if you go back to um, studies in the 70s, you know, they had it in teas in different formats and pregnant women and nursing women. And they did study IQ health and IQ levels, you know, as those children age and found that in some with the cannabis were improved, you know, so it was, it was higher then. So, again, there's genetic factors. I really think a big factor for me, and I bring this up before and after, is, is the format, the delivery system. Because I don't always think that cannabis is bad. I think that maybe smoking causes a stress response, inflammatory response to the body, and that could trigger a whole cascade of, you know, chemicals, endorphins, enzymes, you know, hormones, and that, if that's done regularly, can have a long-term physical, physiological effect. Now, out of all the things you did, and I don't want to give away all the, the, the good pearls of wisdom in your book, but what are one or two of the key things that either shocked you or you feel are important to get across while we have you here today? Well, so first of all, I know that um, we, we want people to know that the potency of cannabis has changed over the years, oh, yeah, that, you know, what, what was at one point, you know, a much lower potency of THC is now much, much higher and, you know, like double digits higher percentage wise. And that is something that, you know, can absolutely directly impact people's brains um, and also the like frequency of use, right? Like you said, if they're just, you know, constantly dabbing, you know, that may become habit might it become dependence forming or addictive you know one person this is where i get into sort of the like the dependence and addiction it's a hard thing to quantify or say because and i might get in trouble for saying it but one person's addiction is not another person's and you know one person may be able to uh you know to smoke or vape or take edibles or you know capsules of cannabis and not and not needed every day, then there are others who might find, you know, a very different situation happening to them. But you have to be aware. And as a parent, you need to be aware and see what's going on with your kid. Right? You need to be present and yeah. you need to ask questions if that's the case. Right. So I definitely 
um, and a big promoter of needing to be involved in your kids' lives. Yeah. And if you see a change, right, you want to you want to ask, you want to step in, you want to get your kid help. And this goes, I mean, I just want to jump in because in New York State, we have just some amazing movements happening in the cannabis industry. The medical system was lagging. It wasn't very robust. Now we have the governor and, and, and this new adult system being put into place. And, you know, as I've, I've educated and done trainings for staff at dispensaries, you know, bud tenders, et cetera, for years. And we, you know, in the states that I worked in, you know, they make us discuss, you know, DSM-4, DSM-5, dependency things. Now, these are people that are getting they're working behind the counter at a dispensary. They're not medically trained experts. So one of the things I always make sure to say is in, in, in doubt, refer. You know, if you have any question and you don't feel comfortable, if someone walks in, they don't feel like that they're not, you know, focused or sober or even, you know, mentally in, in a good state, don't feel in that position where you have to, you know, sell them a product or even be responsible. That's where a medical director comes in. That's where their primary care, that's where you have a whole system of support you know, mental health people, you know, emergency support, whatever it might be. And so I always say that it's, everything is unique to that scenario. Um, and even as, as you get older, I mean, it doesn't, you know, just because young people, I, I made that as an example, or, but you have older people. Now, like you said, the potency, my dad rode his motorcycle into Woodstock in 69, and I grew, I've grown up around cannabis. But yeah, that cannabis is not the same cannabis we have today. He's been sure to tell me that multiple times. But, um, you know, what I like about it is that we have different delivery systems. And I think, you know, I've always been a big advocate and I always will be for the whole plant, the raw plant, the acid forms. You know, I don't want to demonize THC. And I think that's important because it's only one compound out of over 500 in this plant. And it's easy to demonize one, but there are benefits to THC. But again, there are risk factors. And we talk about it from mental health or brain function. We know that one, the majority of the CB1 receptors, uh, which is what THC typically binds to, is found in the central nervous system and in the brain area. And that's why I think it's important that this conversation be known is that, you know, there is a direct impact to those compounds that you're putting in your body and how they work, whether they be young, middle-aged, old, or however you may be. Um, the one thing I want to next, I want to go into is that I know you do a lot of research on this. And as, again, I respect that. There's always more research to be done. They said there's about 1,000 new uh, or 10 new articles on cannabis published a day. It's, it's pretty unbelievable. And now there's new platforms that are correlating all this research and all this data. So doctors and you know, healthcare professionals like yourself and myself have access to it. One of my concerns well, that's, that's is- That's vitally Doctors like myself who already know something and want to keep educating themselves, but then for for physicians who have are really have no idea, and patients yeah. are potentially going to be asking them, and you know you want like as a physician, I I want to know as much as I can to help my patients. You know, definitely the education of our you know future doctors like in med schools should you know contain some form of cannabis and endocannabinoid system education. And because that that is a system that exists in our bodies and, you know, that that the doctors understand this and know how to think about it is vitally important. Yeah. And that perspective, though, that's where I was leading to is, unfortunately, the majority of the research up until the last few years or a decade around cannabis was specifically directed to find its harm, to understand its negative effects. There was very little research done to show the benefits, the promotional. So we've talked about you know, 
brain impacts and you know we can take there's a lot more and i want people to read your book so they understand the specifics i don't want to give all those things away but i also think that people have to understand that they're you know like people say oh thc and people with memory you know issues well there's a whole segment of people saying that that's purposeful that THC binds to areas of stress, like almost post-traumatic stress, and purposely allows us to forget some of those stressful incidences in order for us to cope and maintain balance through our world. Now, this is, again, more of a primitive brain function. I'm not talking about modern society so much. This is how the brain was ad- adapting or endocannabinoid system d- adapting is that it's okay to not hold every memory and every stress all the time in your body. And that's something that I, so, so for, we could say one side is negative, but there are some positive potentials to how this can be utilized and the endocannabinoid system oh, there's, can be a, there's a huge range of potential upside to yes. you know the study of every part of you know uh, you know all of the 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 500 you know um, you know cannabinoid parts of the plant absolutely so i mean that's that's what the, i think that the much of the research needs to be done and it's and it is coming for sure Yes. Um, but, I, but I think, you know, it's, it's important to say also that not everybody who is interested in cannabis wants to get high. Exactly. You know, they want to use yeah. its benefits exactly to calm anxiety or to improve pain or to, you know, help with, I mean, there's all the different kinds of things that I've seen in my practice, why people yeah. are interested in looking to cannabis as an option, you know, to help them with um, opioid, you know, dependence, you know, try sure. That's a huge thing too. You know, there's so many possibilities, but like we said before, cannabis is not a one size fits all. You know, and I wanted to, I want to say medication. You know, right. if you want to think of it as a medicine, you, you know, physicians need to get behind it, right? And they need to say that there are the studies that have shown enough large scale, well designed, controlled studies with large populations that have come out. <laughs> Correct. Right, but that and and that almost leads me to say, does it have to be federalized in order to do that? Because right as of now, it's federally illegal, and it's you know statewide, it's you know it's by state. So that's a very complicated issue, you know, that needs to be resolved at some point. You know, in in it's amazing. I mean, that's in the last several years, just watching the states change their laws. I think Maryland. Delaware now we're talking about a new rules. I mean, the whole country is going to be, and again, I don't necessarily think a federal guideline or federal rules is going to make it any better. It may actually make it more difficult or complicated or more costly. And uh, that really drives in towards CBD and CBD uh, conversation. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back to Dr. Siegel. We're going to talk a little bit about CBD and a little bit more about what her work is on her book. And uh, I think this is the beginning of more conversations we're going to have. So don't go anywhere. This is Doc Rob, your concierge for Better Living here at Canvas Radio. We'll be right back at this quick break. The concierge for Better Living will continue in a moment. All right, all right, all right. We are back with our final segment of today with Dr. Rebecca Siegel in New York. We're talking about cannabis, uh, brain health, all this good stuff. We're talking about uh, her new book, The Brain on Cannabis, What You Should Know About Recreational and Medical Marijuana. Uh, I think it's uh, something you something can check out and read because this has been a big conversation point. And we're always learning more. I think people would say for many, many years that uh, 
you know, smoking cannabis was bad for your lungs uh, and could do damage. Well, there have been some studies that show the opposite, so that it actually can actually protect the lungs and is better for people that either smoke than smoking cigarettes or even people in polluted areas. It should actually show protection in California. So we always have to have an open mind with to learn about this. Uh, and one, obviously, the areas that people are very uh, more accepting at this point, simply because they're not having that psychoactivity or uh, you know that that imbalance. There is CBD. Cannabidiol, that one compound, eh, very dominant in the plant. Now with breeding, sometimes the most dominant compound in the plant. And, um, you know, again, showing a lot of benefit for a wide variety of things. Now, I don't think it's a replacement for, you know, SSRIs, um, if you're having you know, those type of things. And I think those are also being overused as well. So we have to find this balance of the plant world and natural substances and help people. And I think as a doctor, not just saying, don't take this drug, replace it with cannabis. But we've seen that even with, you know, SSRIs and, and the endocannabinoid system, exercise, meditation, yoga, eating better clean foods, dark green leafy vegetables, all these things, laughing are as important as just replacing one, one medication for another. And I want to make that a point because I know it's a whole wellness scenario here. But CBD, as you know, has become quite popular. I know you've gotten involved with CBD and edibles. So what, 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 where's your role? How do you feel about that real quick? Cause we have a couple more minutes before we wrap up. Well, what's incredible, incredible to me is that, you know, CBD has really been shown to have the anti-inflammatory properties that really may be, like you said, that can mediate so many things that, you know, like we want to give people options, right? And it's not just about one thing, like you said, but CBD, you know, you have to be cautious about the product you choose, you know, where are you getting it from? You know, there's definitely, um, you know, in my in my mind, you want to do this, um, whether you do it from a medical dispensary, you can get solely CBD at a medical dispensary or a and a recreational or adult use dispensary. You know, necessarily, you want to do your research if you're well, gonna, and a bodega. Yeah. A, well, right, and that's <laughs> that's my worry. It's right, like, what is exactly if, if you know if every bodega is selling it? You know, like you might be getting things that contaminate the product. You want to know that your product is pure and that, you know, it has a certificate of authenticity and, you know, that it's been tested, right? And that's, you know, the best way to do it is, you know, there, there are new testing methods and, and everyone is being more transparent these days, but you definitely want to, whether you get it from a dispensary where they will, they have to be legally responsible to tell you what is in it or a, a you know, a good product that you've researched for sure. I mean, there's a lot of good CBD brands and products out there now, much better than there were, you know, eight years ago when I started in this space and, or nine years ago when the CBD from hemp started to hit the marketplace. And there is sometimes, as a, you know, a, a difference between a high quality, you know, CBD product that, you, that I think is vetted, you know, that has all those standards that you can get in a health food store or a vitamin shop or like that. That's fine. Or a doctor's office. And there's a slight difference, though, in some of those products that you can get in the dispensary because they may have a higher percentage of THC. So for those that, you know, these are things that people need to understand that sometimes people don't want any THC in their system for professional reasons or personal reasons or health reasons. And there's some people that want a little bit and some people want a little bit of a higher ratio or, and I think that's where I appreciate again coming on today and sharing a bit. And there's a lot more to discuss, of course, but I mean, the idea that doctors are learning more, you're constantly researching, you're vetting out products and those listeners out there that are really concerned or un unsure what to do or what to take, 
reach out to a doctor like Dr. Siegel, find someone that's been taking classes and not just a quick four hour course so they can certify, but continues their education through this process. And I really want to make that the point of the wrap up today is that we have such a great system now and more and more healthcare practitioners are getting involved. And I'm sure psychedelics are around the corner as far as how that's going to play a role in mental health. And then it's going to be how cannabis and psychedelics together or apart is so much nuance coming down the pipeline. But I want everyone that's listening just to be calm, be confident, listen to your healthcare professionals, keep learning, keep reading, grab a book like Dr. Siegel's, and, and, and I'm sure you'll learn at least a couple new things to, to, to drive you into you know, a better way of living. And that's what we're here for today. Before we go, is there any other things you want to share? Or any, you know, uh, Obviously, we have your website we're going we're gonna to post and, and link to, and your book is on Amazon, and I'm sure everywhere else we'll post links for that too. But before we wrap up today, I know it's a short window of time. Anything else you want to share before we go, Doc? Oh, I just want to say thank you for doing what you do. This is so important and having people on who can absolutely share their perspective and their education and their interest level. It's incredible. Cannabis is definitely, it's, the ecosystem has exploded. It's out there. It is not going away. And I want people to do it safely. Absolutely. So thank you. My pleasure as always. And thank you for taking your time today to share. Thank you for working so hard on a book. Because again, as I said, I know it's not easy. Everyone's like to show their books, but it's not easy to put it together and make and feel good about it. That's I think as an author, you want to be able to say, my name's on it. I feel good about it. It's got good information. And I'm, you know, again, I thank you for my copy. I appreciate it. I've read through it. It's great. And there's, you know, we can't always agree on everything, but that's not the point on these, on these shows. Our point is to co- converse, to share those perspectives and let our listeners make the best choices for themselves. And as always, we want to work together to have a better today than yesterday and hopefully a better tomorrow than today. Thank you, Dr. Siegel, for joining us today on our show. Thank you, everyone at Cannabis Radio, for making this happen. Thank you for all my fans and listeners. Stay cool, stay happy, stay healthy. And as as always, I wish you all the best in health and happiness. Take care and be well. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.